0: Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And tonight's show we are doing a review of two-bedroom townhouses. Are they a good investment? Now I'm so excited because boy do I have some graphs and maps for you today. For all of you guys watching on the YouTube, you're gonna be able to see those. For anybody listening to the audio version of this, hey, you're still going to love this show. But if you want to see McGrath's, head over to our YouTube because this is going to be a banger. Now, we are going to do an honest review of two-bedroom townhouses today and who they make a good investment for. The reason I wanted to do this is because obviously here at Opus Partners, we have recommended a ton of two-bedroom townhouses in the past. And people ask, you know, are they good? Are there too many of them? Can you rent them? All of these really good questions and so we're going to go Honestly, through
1: this today and talk about what the data says. So, let's talk about prices to begin with. So, if you can see this on your screen, then awesome. If not, I'll read it out to you. In Auckland, we generally see two bedroom townhouses range between about 750k and about 900k. In Christchurch, quite a lot cheaper, 620k to 700k. Now, we've just stuck to those two main centres for today. I mean, Wellington's pretty similar pricing to Auckland, sometimes actually a little bit more, to be honest, but it's probably not an area unless it was a Yielding townhouse, probably not the area that we're focusing on right now because of the greater opportunity that we see in Auckland and Christchurch. At least, of course, you know, there was a massive deal. Three bedroom townhouses in Auckland, you're normally talking 850 to $1.25 mil in Christchurch. No data there, Ed.
0: Well, there's just not that many three bedroom yeah, townhouses I'd say being built in Christchurch.
1: Yeah, you probably see them around the what have I seen lately? Probably around that $8.50 mark as well. If you've got a garage with it, which you're not going to get in, in Auckland for $8.50. Four bedroom townhouses, certainly not much of those in Christchurch. But in Auckland, you see a lot of this, nine fifty to $1.25 mil. And let's just give you a ballpark about what these things tend to cost. Now, actually, I know
0: that there was a two bedroom townhouse in Christchurch that I just saw, Andrew, that I think actually was uh, 5 You're talking seven. about Wright's
1: Road, I know. 5.99? Five no,
0: 5.75. But I just wanted to mention that that if anybody's seen that, and I think maybe one of our investors might have picked that up, didn't have a car park That's though, right. That's so you've right. always got to be just aware that, you know, the prices might be slightly higher, they might be slightly lower. It depends on whatever features are there. If it's got a garage
1: rather than a car park, it's going to be more expensive. If there's no car park at all, it's going to be cheaper. One thing that I do want to say before we sort of delve into the numbers in too much more detail is that I'm seeing heaps of stuff on social media at the moment where real estate agents are calling things a good investment investment. Oh, it, I, I want I to grind their well the bones yeah. to make the bread. <laughs> That's terrible. Firstly, agents aren't qualified to be giving financial advice. Well, I haven't met any financial advisors that are also real estate agents. Second, it is a very broad statement to say something's a good investment. Honestly, it makes me want to give up my
0: profession as an economist and instead join the FMA because, <laughs> boy, does it,
1: doesn't it does it get under your skin. Especially um, because some of them that I've seen advertising it are ones that we've said are not a good investment. Well, let's come across
0: to the capital growth side. So some people ask me, you know, I see a lot of two-bedroom townhouses being built. Does that mean that there's going to be lower capital growth, that a two-bedroom townhouse or a townhouse in general is going to grow at a slower rate compared to, say, a townhouse with other bedrooms. So I've dug into the data for this. First of all, I want to talk about townhouses versus houses. And for any of you guys on the YouTube, you can see that historically, at least in Auckland, houses have grown at a slightly faster rate than townhouses On average, it's been an 0.6 percentage difference. Now, what I mean by that is, let's say a house increased by 7% a year. On average, a townhouse would have increased then at 6.4%, so 0.6% more slowly. Now, not as big of a difference as many people would think. So what I've also done is I've graphed out Two bedrooms versus three bedroom versus four bedroom townhouses. And you know what really surprised me, Andrew?
1: I thought the four bedroom's the lowest.
0: Well, at least by the data we've calculated, and let me give you a whole heap of caveats in a second, but at least what this is showing is that four-bedroom townhouses have grown in value, or at least the sale price of four-bedroom townhouses has grown more slowly than three or two bedrooms. I actually thought it might have been around the other way. I just, for whatever reason, thought that's, that that's 2 because bedroom- of
1: that preconceived idea that a bigger house or, or a standalone house will get more capital growth than a townhouse, you know, or an apartment.
0: Now, what I do need to just disclaimer is, clearly, this is only Auckland. And on top of that, we are looking at the change in sale prices over a 10-year period. So if, for whatever reason, two-bedroom properties tended to, for whatever reason, become more and more expensive or were particularly cheap 10 or 20 years ago, you know, maybe there'd be some distortion in the data.
1: So having a a whole lot of new developers into the market in the last, say, four or five years specialising in two bedroom townhouses? Would that distort the data? That actually wouldn't in this case,
0: because this is only townhouses that have been sold through real estate agents. So if we think about the likes of a Duval or we think about the likes of a Williams Corporation, that likely would not show in this Mm -hmm. data. Unless they sold through an agent. Unless they sold through a separate agent. So for instance, Any properties that investors had purchased through a company like Opus Partners wouldn't actually be shown through this. Okay. So while that is a good point, it wouldn't actually affect this. And just so you know as well, we're looking at 10 years worth of growth
1: data here, average out, so it's good long-term
0: all, trends. Sorry sorry to cut you off, but you kept
1: on talking. Amazing <laughs> how um, they all bundled together about 2006. Like By then, all the growth was pretty much the same. Yeah, looking at this graph,
0: I would not be like, oh my God, i got to buy some two beds because <laughs> they <laughs> because, grow in value yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. But what I feel about this is it doesn't tell me the opposite thing. Mm. It doesn't say, hey, look, you thought two-bedroom townhouses would grow in value more slowly than a three- or four-bedroom townhouse, and we're not seeing that. Yeah. So I wouldn't be sitting there with my spreadsheet saying, you know what, I'm going to use a high capital growth rate for a two-bedroom townhouse versus a three- or a four-bedroom You know what's going to
1: happen? You're going to put this up, and you're going to see this all over developers' websites. They're going to use this. They're not going to reference you, and then they're going to say that two-bedrooms are the best development, and you're going to go mental.
0: Oh, the other thing is they'll sign. Me for it. Ed McKnight, economist, says you know (laughs) two bed townhouse is the best, and that is not what I said. I can't wait for the one of them to do this. You're going to set it up. You're (laughs) going to get in contact.
1: You're going to get in contact (laughs) with uh, with Matthew Howard Castle. Not not that petty. I will do something just to wind you up. The people need to know. You're going to
0: go and talk to your to your developer mates (laughs) and say put this on your Instagram after they've taken photos of the private jets, just because you know it'll wind me up. Now what. else I want, <laughs> I want you to talk about is the availability and location of, say, a two-bedroom
1: townhouse compared to other potential investments. So what Ed's got up on the screen now is the number of consents for townhouses in New Zealand. And what you can see here is that from about 1994, there was a downward trend. So of the total number of consents being applied for, for dwellings in New Zealand, the number for townhouses trended from about 25% down to about, oh, is that about 5%? Yeah. at it's lowest in 2012. Don't you find
0: that really surprising that almost a quarter of properties consented in Auckland in the early 90s were townhouses and units. Then they became way less popular during the GFC. Well, I wonder And now it's
1: rocketed back up. Yeah, but GFC is often when developers don't have any money, right? And developers who develop on a mass scale are probably doing townhouses, whereas builders, building companies who take their money and build specifically for someone wanting a house for themselves. Like or, a GJ Gardner. A G. J. Gardner. They're going to carry on trading,
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So this would probably be where townhouses were less popular. And then after this, you know, they'll all go broke again, of course. (laughs) 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 That was a joke, FMA.
1: And then so you'll see now we're trending upwards and we're actually at kind of one of the highest peaks, which is around the 33% mark by the looks of that. And I don't think this is necessarily a sign that there's too many townhouses being built, but he's probably got an opinion on this, like everything. That probably says to me that there's just been a whole lot of catch up from where it probably should have sat at around that 25% mark. Yeah, I think what this says for me is that
0: if you're the sort of person who is investing in a major centre, because we're just looking at New Zealand right now, there's probably a lot of choice and availability of townhouses. And actually that's where let's come across to this map, which I'm quite taken with. And I whipped up probably 20 minutes before the podcast. This map shows the proportion of townhouses being built right across the country. So a place like Queenstown, for instance, 37% of the consents issued in 2021, last year, were townhouses. I'm actually
1: surprised it's that high. I thought there'd be more- In Queenstown? Yeah, well, I thought it would be a lot more apartments, to
0: be honest. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. This includes units as well, but not apartments. In Christchurch, about 50% of new dwelling consents were townhouses. And up in Auckland, let's take a look at that, it's about 48%. What's Wellington while you're there? So Wellington City is- A third, lower hut, really popular, about 52%. Let me show you the highest, because I was surprised by this. Hamilton um, City. Is about 61% of new dwellings are going to be townhouses, or at least were applied for. Now, you were saying something, though, before we hit record.
1: One thing when you are looking at consents, often these numbers can be a little bit misleading and they often make the headlines. Just because 61% of consents that have gone in uh, townhouses doesn't mean that all of those are going to be built. And in fact, probably now more than ever, I'm hearing a lot of developers saying, hey, we're going to park that project. There's just not the stability with supplies at the moment that we're comfortable. We're not going to get the price that we want. We'll pick this up in a few years' time. Okay. Well, the interesting thing that I want to point
0: out here as well is that whether a two bed townhouse is going to be right for you clearly depends on where you're investing. Absolutely. You know, let me show you, for example, Stratford, <laughs> you know, a place where Ilsa and I are very comfortable with because it's in Taranaki, where we both grew up, you know, over the last year, there were 57 building consents, none of them were townhouses. So look, you're probably not going to be buying a two bed townhouse in Stratford, because it's not what people are used to. In those more rural areas, even if you're single living alone, you might have a three bedroom house because it's affordable. And there's a lot of those sorts of properties around. Whereas if you're in Auckland, and you might need a couple to be able to afford a two bedroom townhouse. So that's going to be a more, available option. Whereas, you know, again, let's look at a place like Hurunui, which is ours drive north of Christchurch, of the 181 new building consents, only two were for townhouses and units. So again, If you're in a more major metropolitan centre, so, you know, maybe even like a New Plymouth or a Tauranga, Queenstown, Dunedin, Christchurch, those are the sorts of places where two-bed townhouses, those are going to be the sorts of things you might invest in. But if you're investing in Stratford and Wairoa and Manawatu, probably not going to be investing in a two-bed townhouse because
1: it's probably not appropriate for that area. Well, that actually reminds me of an interesting time. Pegasus, which is North Canterbury, I remember when Mike Greer built a whole bunch of townhouses there. And he was probably just ahead of his time in terms of what people wanted there. How long ago was this? Uh, Five years. Probably actually more than 10 years now that I think about it. And I remember that they went on the market and they just sat there for over a year. They couldn't rent them, they couldn't sell them, and they were cheap. Like anyone that bought those back then would be pretty happy today now as an investment. But the challenge with getting those out to investors or even owner-occupiers, people wanted their own piece of dirt out there. They didn't want to have just a small backyard. Whereas now, that's probably exactly what... People
0: want. Yeah, 100%. So things can change over time. And that's where I'll show you, even though in 2021, and I was quite surprised by this, only 4.5% of consents in New Plymouth were for townhouses. I would have thought it would be much higher because I expect that that city is going to need to become more dense, you know, the, the density will need to increase. <laughs> Now, let's just answer one question that I know a lot of people ask. You've probably got this one a lot, Andrew, which is, are there too many two bedroom townhouses being built? And we're really talking about in the major metropolitan centres. Now, there are two schools of thought. I'll take the yes camp. One argument to say, look, there are too many townhouses, especially two beds, is you look around and there are heaps of them around. You know, that's one
1: of the- Are being built everywhere. That's such a common theme that I get from investors sometimes. So I remember when we were doing heaps of investment builds in Rolleston five years ago, and everyone would say, oh, but there's so much construction there. There's so much construction there. There's going to be an oversupply. Well, there's not an oversupply now, but it yeah, have gone from 500 to 850. Yeah, and because of the fact that the construction's happening, people just think because of what they see that that's, that makes it true.
0: Yeah. Well, I do think what is fair to say though, Andrew, is that two bedroom townhouses do seem to have become the default for a lot of developers. And so a lot of the conversations that I know you're certainly having is saying to these guys, hey, add in some diversity. Don't just put in two beds because although there is a demand and a need for rentals, and two beds can be one solution for that. It's nice to have more diversity as well. You don't just want to be buying two bed townhouse after two bed townhouse as you're building a property portfolio, because you're not adding any diversification in there. And so I do think in some areas, it'd be more appropriate to see some more diversity. And so, you know, saying to developer, you know, add some more three, add some more four. But what's your feeling from the no camp, Andrew? Well,
1: I think that two beds are still selling and a big part of that is price. Price does fix a lot of things in the property market. So if you do have a product where there's other competition, just lower your price, be more competitive. And that is the conversation that I'm having with a lot of developers right now. They are definitely still renting. And I actually think you had some stats around the rents, but we'll come back to that. There's no evidence to show that there's less capital growth. In fact, probably to the contrary. And New Zealand is changing. We are getting married later. We've got smaller families. We're having kids later. We don't want the quarter acre section that maybe we used to want.
0: Yeah, but that obviously doesn't mean that two-bed townhouses are like the thing for everybody needs to buy this. So I want to talk about who they're right for and who they're wrong for. The sort of person who's going to buy a two-bed townhouse's investment, often somebody starting out on their journey, so if this is your first investment property and maybe you're tight on affordability, you know, you can't afford nine hundred and fifty K for a three bed townhouse, or you can't afford, or you know, a million dollars for a four bed townhouse or a standalone. You don't have eight fifty for a standalone in Rollison, for instance. And you've got a bit of a lack of affordability, you're more constrained by budget, then that's where a two bed can be really beneficial.
1: Or if maybe you're going to build your portfolio and and get, you know, three properties right away potentially as well. And so, you know, you have to sacrifice on two of them and then get one of the more expensive ones, perhaps.
0: Yeah. So rather than buying one really expensive property, you might buy two bed in Christchurch and a two bed in Auckland. That kind of makes sense. If you already own a whole heap of standalone properties because you've been investing since 2008 or 2005, something like that, you might want to add some two bed townhouses in there as a bit of diverse. City, that makes a bit of sense for me. The sort of people who they'd be wrong for, you
1: know, who do you think probably wouldn't go for a two bed townhouse? If you're a Burr or an active investor, renovation focused investor, they're not the right thing for you because no. anything new, the value's already been added. You you can't add anything. Not uh, right for you. No, mate. Not right for you. And if you're in the small town or a small region and you want to invest in your small town or region, not the right investment for you. 100%. If you're trying to invest in somewhere like Buller
0: or if you're investing in Tiana, two-bed townhouses, probably not going to be right for you. But if you're wanting the major centres, that's where it's going to be more yep. appropriate.
1: And look, again, I think one of the key things here is that there are obviously people that these type of products are right or wrong for. But just because we've said that two-bedroom townhouses are right for, say, a, a person wanting to invest in Auckland, doesn't mean that every two-bedroom townhouse is a good investment in Auckland. We're not saying that at all. You have to dig into the numbers and there are some great two-bedroom townhouses in Auckland and there are some terrible things that you should never invest in. Oh, 100%. That's really important. And the
0: reason I'm glad you said that, Andrew, is sometimes I just meet wonderful podcast listeners around the place and it's so nice meeting people. But then I hear, now on the podcast, you said- I know. You said- two-bed townhouses grow in value faster than three or four. And I say, well, there were a lot of disclaimers in there. (laughs) There were a lot of caveats in there. So just be careful because we try and disclaimer these things. And the reason we say now just be a bit careful about this data is you don't want to get into the trap that every two-bed townhouse in Auckland is the greatest thing since sliced bread and I must buy now no matter what the price. Definitely not. So many more shades of grey, but we do like to put kind of guidelines in place so that we're not getting too fluffy.
1: And actually just on that, before Ed cuts me off, talking about bumping into podcast listeners, I've just got back from Queenstown, today. And I bumped into so many people there that listen to the podcast or, or people that were actually there from other spots. So just wanted to say, don't be afraid to come and say hi if you see Ed and I on the street. Oh, I love it. I've got so many
0: stories, but we will leave it there. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, I want to see you come along to our upcoming webinar. It's happening this Tuesday at 7pm and we're going to be talking about how to avoid the eight things that tend to go wrong in property investment. It is going to be such a banger and I hope to see you there. If you want to come along, tap or swipe over the cover art. I'll drop a link down into the show notes or on the description if you're watching on YouTube and I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're gonna be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time.